for listening to FYI Stillwater, where you will hear information about your local government you didn't know you need to know straight from the source. Be sure to check out other news and information from the City of Stillwater at stillwater.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question for City Hall, email news at stillwater.org and in the next podcast, we'll answer a few of them. FYI Stillwater is available on our website at stillwater.org, Spotify, and just about anywhere else you enjoy your podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Sherry Fletcher, Director of Marketing and Civic Engagement. Today, my co-host is Megan Kazak, Communications Coordinator for the City of Stillwater. How you been, Megan? I've been well, yourself. I've been traveling a little bit. Oh, yes, so, you have been. So I uh, went to a conference in D.C., and then we went up to New York to get my daughter and brought her back for the summer. Oh, boy. So so lots of things, lots of places you've, you've got to. Did you anywhere new that you've never been before? I've never been to Maine, so we went through Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont, so that was pretty cool. Oh, that sounds really yeah. pretty. <laughs> There's no highways going east and west, so we had drove up to Maine and then had to take the the back roads so it was an unexpected scenic trip so it was good i guess if you go west it's just canada right so oh you can go north to canada yeah or north yeah to canada. yeah that would have been awesome but uh so anyway so yeah i have my daughter back oh. all right so who's our guest today so today our guest is city manager norman mcnichol so mr mcnichol was officially named the stillwater city manager in february 2016 after acting as the city's interim manager in late 2015, and he serves a dual purpose as the public administrator and as the chief executive officer of local government here. And for people who have been here a really long yeah. time, they mm-hmm. still think of him as the police chief. Yes. So, so. Welcome, Mr. McNichol. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, we always start with a lightning round, so we're going to ask you some random but revealing questions. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. Go for it, Megan. All right. So what's the one thing we don't know about you? Well, I've climbed eight 14,000-foot mountains. Really? Yes. Where? Which ones? Uh, Uncompagri. You want me to name all these? <laughs> Handies, uh, Sunshine, Red Cloud, uh, Matterhorn, Wetterhorn. Let's see. I'm lost. Oh, my goodness. Some of them I've done more than once. More than once. Yeah. So you're an outdoors person. I am an outdoors person. Yeah. So that's a, so how do you find time to stay in shape to go and do these endeavors? (laughs) I do a lot of running at work. (laughs) Boy, that's the truth. (laughs) From meeting to meeting. Just naturally in shape. I've been fortunate. Yeah. Um, I'm not telling you that I would be able to run up one tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but... uh, uh, yeah, I try to stay in shape. Awesome. I love the outdoors. I like being outdoors. I know you have uh, a, you go to Colorado quite a bit for I do. fly fishing or hunting or something. I do. Yeah. Uh, both of both those. Both of those. And yeah. jeeping and hiking and. Just all of the outdoors. That's why you have outdoors. a beautiful tan year round. <laughs> well, you haven't seen my legs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's, we, we'll, I'll take your word on that. Yeah. So, Okay. And have you ever completed anything on your bucket list? Oh, yeah. You'll find this funny because it's connected to the outdoors, too. I, I, I bought myself a new Jeep a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. And, uh, that was on my bucket list. It gets me to the backcountry. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So So that's a bu- that was your bucket list. That was part of, of my bucket list. Yeah. Yeah. 
So when you're in Stillwater, do you walk the uh, trails and stuff or just like yard work? What do you what do you do for outdoor activities oh, here? Oh, I do yard work. I Yes, yeah. I do some hunting here. Mm-hmm. And uh, frankly, I don't do much fishing here. I'm kind yeah. of a, spoiled to, to the trout and the mountain streams and the cold water. Well, let's get into the actual interview. Uh, we usually start the uh, interviews with asking you what was your career path. So we have already mentioned you were a uh, police chief, but how does one go from wherever you were to police chief to city manager? Kind of shortly, because we know this is like, what, a 50-year career? Yeah. Uh, um, it, so one thing people do not know about me that kind mm-hmm. of followed the theme we were previously on um, while still attending the university here, I was uh, in the gasoline and oil distributorship and convenience store business, uh-huh. both wholesale and retail. Um, in fact, the matter is I had some stores that um, were named by and by, and was in partnership with another mm-hmm. person here in the city. And... Did that for a number of years. I'd always had, uh, because of an uncle that was a career trooper, had always had interest in law enforcement. Uh, In 1976, Mm -hmm. I applied to Stillwater PD, um, Uh was hired, and uh, worked there in various capacities for 40 years. Right. So you've done undercover investigations. I have. all of patrol, I guess a little bit of everything. Right. Yeah. And then he became chief of police. Right. Okay. Then how does one get from chief of police to city manager? <laughs> it was totally accidental. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I was asked to be interim city manager mm-hmm. uh, when uh, previous uh, city manager retired. Uh, I accepted that position. Um was asked if I would apply, and I said, heck no. Right. And I guess was egotistical enough after doing the job for a couple of three months to to think that maybe I could do it full time mm-hmm. and applied for the position and was selected. So was has there been anything that surprised you about being the city manager? Absolutely. Good. Just about everything. Everything surprised you? Um, was it what yeah, you expected? Uh, no. No. Having been here... Uh, and affiliated with increasingly responsible positions at the city of Stillwater, one would have thought right. that I you had heard everything. absorbed about everything with the city. Oh, no. So, um, and actually, I think anybody that's in this position that that decides that mm-hmm. they know it all probably ought to quit. Right. About then. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, I've been drinking from a fire hose in terms of learning. Right. Uh, so what was the hardest department to kind of get your hands around? I don't know that there was a department that was difficult to get your hands around, but the finances of the city of Stillwater are extremely intricate. Right. And money moves around, not not as a shell game, but because mm-hmm. of GFOA, Government Finance Officer right. Association rules, and federal rules in how you account for mm-hmm. public funds. And um, it probably took a couple of years to really get a handle on that. Um, 
again because of the way it moves. Right. I think, you know, I, I've been here for 10 years working with, uh, you know, public education components of the city and really just now have really begun to understand the budget and how to describe it and, you know, how, how you know, to help the public understand it. And it is, it is a complicated beast. Well, as you know, one of the things we've tried to do is, is educate the public mm-hmm. about how complicated it is and mm-hmm. try to provide uh, in using the transparency word that's right. maybe worn out, try to provide information to the public about how the budget works and where revenue comes from and where it doesn't come from and uh, how it moves around. And we have uh, made a concerted effort to attempt to get people, as you're aware, mm-hmm. to uh, through Balancing Act and several publications that we do and uh, actual numbers that we release, uh, we've tried to help them out. Yeah. Because it is hard to understand how um, you know the streams of, of revenue have to be are dedicated for certain things, mm-hmm. and we can't take all of that money and just pour it into the you know street projects, and that really right. is hard for people to understand. Although we are, I think the balancing act has helped uh, you know kind of explain where you know, how much money it takes to finance uh, different projects and things. Yeah, we had a lot of great response on that first uh, attempt and a lot of great feedback from residents. But yeah, I, I know a lot of people who were doing it and said, you know, it, it actually just kind of, not want to deter people from doing it, but like difficult when you get in there and you realize, oh, like if I dump all the money over here into transportation, now I have this deficit. I have to cut or I have to think, well, Am I going to increase sales tax or and you, you can't know, it without would be a vote a, of the people or yeah. you know and that all these other like fines and fees and things like that are subject to maybe city council needing to approve anything so everything is very like it's not as simple as as you might think so and you also think that the city manager is all powerful have were you surprised at well what would surprise people about your your scope of job. No, I, I I was not surprised. I had yeah. been around yeah, enough and you're worked not for surprised, several but, city managers. So. But people are surprised that you can't just right. mandate um, we're going to do X, Y, or Z. Absolutely. The the city council mm-hmm. uh, provides policy. Right. And in doing so, I carry out their wishes mm-hmm. along the lines of the policy that they set. So uh, my spending limit is in an emergency $50,000. Anything above that uh, has to go to the council for approval. And that's as it should be. They are the officials that are elected to represent the people. And uh, I am employed to carry out what the council wants. Right. So um, I think that would surprise people. The other thing that surprises them is that this is a complex machine, the Mm -hmm. city of Stillwater. And there are times that people will ask me a question and I'll say, I don't know. I'm going to have to find out and get back to you Mm -hmm. because you cannot know everything. Yeah. You simply can't. I mean, like in development services, they're they're regulated by so many other regulations. And, you know, it really does take experts to go and delve into Uh, some of that stuff. Yeah. I I thought I knew all the acronyms, you know, FBI, CIA, all those. There's important ones. Millions of them in law enforcement. But then there's IBRC and they just... Yeah. And all of these others that regulate mm-hmm. the building industry, and um, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I've been drinking from fire hose. Fire hose, exactly. Well, and then, you know, there's new things that come out all the time that we then we have to change how we think or we're changing policy and stuff like the uh, medical marijuana had an effect on, I mean, so local government was affected by it. Uh, it was. And people, uh, I think one of the real frustrations about city government, no matter if you're a, a council person, the city manager, or someone doing any one of the jobs, many jobs mm-hmm. that we do, is that the public does not understand what we do or why we do it. Right. And uh, sometimes chooses not to ask why. Mm-hmm. But there have been people that say, well, you shouldn't allow one here, you shouldn't allow one there, you shouldn't allow one What happened when the state question passed is that Oklahoma, of all places, passed one of the most liberal mm-hmm. medical marijuana um, regulations that has been passed in the United States anywhere. So about the only thing that we can regulate in terms of where a medical marijuana shop, dispensary, or grow is located is through zoning and uh, then only to the extent that it is in a commercial district, they get an SU, a special use permit and uh, can't be within a thousand feet of a school. Beyond that, we have no ability to regulate. And that's what the law says. And that's what the law says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I, I do think a lot of people are really surprised at what we, at what the state passed, what the people passed. Maybe not right. completely understanding, maybe, uh, or or maybe that was the intent. Um, but I think everybody's oh, still surprised. It, uh, oh, certainly, it was yeah. the intent. The yeah. intent was to get us as close to uh, to uh, recreational, yeah, marijuana as possible. As possible. Um, the other thing that city government does is public safety and emergency management, which you uh, have, have been your director and you've overseen. Uh, like with the recent flooding, um, what would you like the public to know about how we handled that or um, uh, what they need to know about what we're doing? Well, I think what I'd like them to know is that we have a bunch of dedicated employees that worked a whole lot of hours that the public had no no idea mm-hmm. that we were doing. And... Once the water dissipated, once the water receded uh, and was gone, we are still mm-hmm. working to overcome the issues caused by that flooding. Um, we had roads undercut, we had bridges damaged, culverts damaged, uh, water lines, sewer lines, mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of things that were damaged by either rushing water or the standing water. And they and may not takes, see that there was... That, absolutely, they, they may it. not see that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they didn't see the people out at 3 o'clock in the morning wow. moving barricades mm-hmm. either to a higher limit where the water had come or as it was receding. They don't understand that the uh, st- street remains barricaded because we have to ensure that when a car passes over, it's not going to collapse. Right. And, and we did have people... Things that proactively move barricades because to them the road looked great well, the road looks great in fact the matter is that there was one spot where we knew the road was undercut on 26th street and we finally had to put a load of sand on both sides of where the damage was to keep people from moving the barricades driving around them 
Right. Oh, well, they just yeah. flat get out and move them. And and I think that people don't have a concept of the, that danger. Mm-hmm. It's like telling somebody you don't drive into to moving water. Right. Being an outdoors person, I, I know the power mm-hmm. of that water yeah. and know how to gauge mm-hmm. it. A lot of people do not. Right. Um, so the one thing that a lot of people, like, when they start talking about, oh, these streets are flooded. So that is part of the city's responsibility with uh, stormwater management. And that's right. something that council has directed us to uh, to study or, or move forward with a plan. Right. We have a stormwater drainage uh, study going mm-hmm. on right now. Um, one of the problems, and, uh, you know, I'm just, again, being transparent, mm-hmm. um, people don't like, climate change there's a whole lot of controversy over right. does it exist does it not but certainly the weather's changed right whether it's the climate whether it's co2 whether it's whatever uh the weather has changed in the last year in Stillwater, oklahoma we had five uh 25 year events mm-hmm. and one 200 year event which was the most recent right that caused the flooding 19 inches of rain in the month of may uh, was a near record. The last time we had anything near that was in 86. Um, the city, and particularly the older parts of the city, were built to 25-year standards because they expected one 25-year storm. Every uh, 25 years. Every 25 years. Um, that has created an issue, mm-hmm. and water has gotten into places that has historically not been. So, uh, for instance, Miller and Maine, Duck and Maine, uh, those were built to those standards. They need, Duck Street needs to be rebuilt. I mean, mm-hmm. we have repeatedly said our streets are in horrible condition. Uh, we're working to rectify that. But at the same time, we need to uh, fix the drainage into the streets. So that $1 million a lane mile that it costs to fix the street does not take into account, I think at this point, but let's just use this as an example, the two 36-inch pipes that need to be under Duck Street and carried to a location where the water can dissipate. So um, those are the kinds of things that I think our public does not understand Mm -hmm. in terms of why can't you just run out and fix the street. Um, that's why. And, you know, speaking of streets, we did have that town hall, and we've been trying to gather feedback and, and do public education so that people understand these issues. Right. I think we have $19 million that we're going to spend yes. in this next mm-hmm. year on streets. That's uh, kind of a drop in the bucket of what we actually need. I think we have somewhere between 55 and $60 million worth of projects on the shelf, not including some of the drainage, drainage issues. And that will be dictated by the results of the stormwater uh, drainage study that's being done. So um, we have another meeting in the near future mm-hmm. where we will nail down those projects that we are going to do, or right. the council will. Uh-huh. And uh, again, part of that policy issue. And uh, we'll proceed from there. Yeah. But for instance, out of that $19 million, I think there's roughly $7 million that we have to spend on two bridges. Just two bridges. Just two bridges. $7 million gone. Wow. So, um, you know, again, the expense involved 
and repairing the infrastructure is uh, a lot more difficult to deal with than people realize. Yeah, so if you have $19 million and then you're $7 million for two bridges, that doesn't leave a whole lot for... Yeah, that's down to $12 million. So now you've got, if you're talking about reconstruction of streets, mm -hmm. you're talking about roughly 12 lane miles of street that we could reconstruct. Wow. Which is not... Which is not a lot it's compared not a lot. to the... I think we have... 400? Yeah. 440 yeah, I think, miles yeah. of streets in that the city of Stillwater. Mm -hmm. That's a, um, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing that the street, it, transportation is so expensive. Mm -hmm. And we're not even talking about, uh, you know, adding, you know, biking trails and improving sidewalks. Well, actually, we are. We are. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anytime we have a reconstruction project, mm -hmm. we are looking at the adjoining uh Sidewalks. Yeah. How to improve connectivity. How to improve connectivity. One of the projects yeah. that we have coming up uh, that we think the council mm -hmm. will approve is to try to connect uh, the Kamioka Trail with mm -hmm. this with the south side of Stillwater mm -hmm. um, through kind of a unique method on Husband Street. So um, we'll see if the yeah. council approves that. Mm -hmm. I, so I we'll be having public input on that as well we have and uh, i think the next thing is that the council will make the decision mm -hmm. in the next few weeks oh that's awesome um megan is there anything that you would like to ask Norma? yeah you know you've been in public service for a long time what would you say to people who are interested or beginning a career in like public administration when with a city or a municipality somewhere what would you say to them uh, <laughs> I would say uh, a couple of things. One, you need tough skin because no matter what you do, and even if you are doing what you think is the best thing for uh, the public that you serve, sometimes they don't necessarily agree. And uh, certainly, again, people don't understand sometimes the financial issues that dictate what has to be done. Nor do they understand sometimes that you just can't run out and do something that they want done. So um, I would say you need to come in with a um, service heart and uh, understand that not everybody's going to always agree with you. And that same thing holds true for elected officials and uh, others. And we would encourage you to get in, encourage just the average person to get involved in. Uh, municipal government. We want your input. We mm -hmm. want your knowledge base. Uh, we want you to know what we're doing and why. Absolutely. I mean, not only could you, I mean, we have employment opportunities here, but we have all those advisory boards and committees that you exactly. can apply for. And I think they keep them on file for three years. So if there's something you're interested in, but there's not even a vacancy yet, there could be, you could be called upon. And that's right. Always mm -hmm. having a lot of different we have a huge civic engagement platform we talked about. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing that, I mean, you personally have served on a lot of boards and a lot of uh, interaction in town. Um, so what have you learned from all of your uh, civic engagement, I mean, your, your civ public service? Uh, the residents of Stillwater mm -hmm. are very generous. Mm -hmm. They're um, at one point, I don't think the number still is high because some have been consolidated, but uh, at one point there were 90, 99 nonprofit agencies in Stillwater that, that performed, performed services for the public. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of them depend on uh, grants and donations and 
um, the citizens of Stillwater step up and the United Way fund has increased every year, except when I was the fundraising chairman for the uh -huh. year. It was the last time they didn't meet their goal. Uh, I will defensively. You're, you're, you're telling on yourself. Yeah, I will defensively say that that was also a year that the economy had tanked. But yeah. um, uh, our residents are generous. They're mm -hmm. kind. Uh, they want to help people. It's a good place to live. It is a good place to live. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you would like to talk about? Well, speaking of a good place to live, mm -hmm. I mean, it's been a great Mm -hmm. The city of Stillwater has been good to me. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. It's provided me a career. It's been a great place to raise three mm -hmm. kids that have gone on to be successful. And um, uh, it's a good place to raise a family. Yeah. Well, um, Megan and I also have considered the city really good to us, too. So, you know, it's a good career opportunity. And we've really enjoyed working for the city. Thanks. Mm -hmm. And we've enjoyed having you for a boss. Well, thank you. It's <laughs> kind. So, uh, well, thank you for joining us. I'm sure we'll bring you back for uh, other issues and stuff. So anytime you would like to have a platform, FYI Stillwater is here for you. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Megan, let's go to the mailbox. The city uh, receives questions in a lot of formats, social media, emails, uh, phone calls, even in person. So today we're going to answer a few of those. Our first question comes from Kelsey on Facebook. Kelsey asks, I am flying out of uh, Stillwater Regional Airport and was wondering if carry-on bags needs to be checked due to the plane size. Well, thanks, Kelsey. It's always great to hear that people are flying out of Stillwater Regional Airport, so we love that. So if your carry-on is a rolling piece of luggage, it will probably need to be valet tagged. This means that your bag is going to be given to an airline employee before you walk up to the plane, and then they're going to place it the bag in the plane's cargo hold. And then the airline will give you a red tag to attach to your bag right before you do this. This is not the same as checking in your bag. You're going to receive that bag again when you get on the walkway and you land at DFW. So when you exit the plane, there's there's going to be like a little spot where you'll, you'll wait and they'll bring the bag back up. So it's very important to remember to get your bag before you right. head into the terminal. But yeah, there's no fee to do this. That's, that's It's just considered your check mm -hmm. bag, but since it's a smaller plane, the, the overhead compartments won't fit it. So it's going to go in the cargo hold, but it'll be safe and it'll come back to you. So that's All a great right. question. Thank you, Kelsey. Our second question is from Francis. Uh, he asked on Twitter, is it weird that my June utility bill is due a week earlier than it has ever been? What is, does this have anything to do with the recent flooding? Yes, if you ever have a question about your utility bill, we really encourage you to always just contact utility and billing services team um, at the Stillwater Municipal Building. They're open 8 to 5 a.m. Monday through Friday, so if you can visit, but they do have a phone number, which is 405-742-8245, and they have an email address, utilitypayments at stillwater.org. And we have all that information on our city website, too, if you're looking for that. But we thank you uh, for reaching out to us, Francis, because that is a great question. We'll make sure you get taken care of. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to FYI Stillwater. Tune in for our next podcast.